You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts, episode 13. I'm Lucky your... number 13. <laughs> I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is Desi. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> You're always here. Um, I thought that was part of the gig. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You're always here. If anyone should be complaining, it should be me. I'm the fun one. Hello? I'm the quiet one. You don't even know I'm here. I know. If anyone should be complaining, it should be me. Funny, funny. Anyway, who's first tonight? I want to say I am. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I I don't remember. I have absolutely no memory of my first last time. Well, I'm going to start off then with... It's short, but... I, Short but sweet. Exactly. It actually is sweet. Perfect. So, kind of. Not really. But there's sweetness in it. Okay. So, how about I slather you in honey? Huh? You slather me in honey? Well, you know, lately with all the bugs and we've been, like, walking and we went on that hike. Yeah. And the bugs kind of get to you. Yeah, a little bit. So if we just slather you in honey, the, they will attack you and the kids will not complain. Uh, no, thank you. Why? Because I don't want to be attacked by bugs. Well, <laughs> neither did the feral Peppy too. Okay. So he actually, uh, well, he... They say you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, right? Yeah, I've heard of, of some different words there, but sure. Well, according to this, <laughs> it says he apparently knew about that phrase just before the phrase ever existed, though. Okay. Because he used to have his slaves follow him naked, and they were slathered in honey because he hated Bugs. So the bugs wouldn't attack him, they'd attack his slaves. And the flies and everything. Mm-hmm. That's genius. Yep. And and I almost had kind of like grew a theory on this too, because apparently he grew to or lived to be 100 years. He had yeah. a 94 year reign. So he, he, so he took, was six. To power when, when he was six. Mm-hmm. And it says that they have um, credited or they have lists of. Let me get this right. They have text records of him at 62 and 65 years. Okay. So it's not 100% that he lived yeah. 100 years, but it's... I mean, it's it's all of, you know, any kind of more ancient history. It's tough to know for sure. But if you think of it, a lot of disease comes from bugs. That's true. I mean, That's think true. of mosquitoes right now. You can get yeah, the West mosquito- Nile from mosquitoes it. Mosquitoes pass a lot of diseases. Oh, my God. Did they come from mosquitoes? I'm just kidding. <laughs> they flew all the way over here. They flew all the way over here from Egypt? Yep. Well, they would have been smarter to get on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was just thinking because of that, maybe he lived a little, because the average lifespan wasn't as long back then. But the average lifespan wasn't as long, but it's actually a... um. A common misconception. Oh, people, here we go with maturity. It's true. It is. That's exactly why. People died at birth more often. They still lived longer. But not as long as we do now. They did not live to not 100 quite a, years. Not, they didn't live to 100 years, no. But they would live into their mid-60s and 70s back then. If, exactly. they, if they made it but through if childhood. But if he lived, it, lived to 100, 
Mm-hmm. What pro- if it's because very he, good chance. he wasn't getting eaten alive by flies and bugs and very good chance, I guess. So, I mean I mean that could have helped him out. It could have. It could have. It could have hurt him. I mean obviously it didn't. He lived to be a one hundred, but he could have not developed some immunity that he would have developed if he would have been bitten by bugs earlier in his life, maybe, but or he obviously that didn't happen. Died from it. Obviously that didn't happen. Maybe I'm, but they're very well I mean Rich people, even in this day and age, the the more money you have, the more power you have, the longer you tend to live. Because you can stress. less stress, you can afford the treatment you need. You can, you know, he probably even had a knocker upper. He didn't have <laughs> knocker uppers back then. Oh, okay. And I'm sorry if I was a pharaoh, I'd be like, don't wake me. Up. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna get up when I want. I'll get, get up whenever the hell I want to get up. The kingdom's gonna be fine all on its own. <laughs> If there's an this emergency and my pyramid's burning down, then wake me up. But we both know that's not going to happen because it's made of stone. Yeah, pyramids. I can't imagine they burn down. That's oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't wake me up. <laughs> if you're ever a pharaoh, I will not wake you up. Thank you. How about we just say you never wake me up ever? Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> How many days will it be before she asks... Will you wake me up at? <laughs> oh, I hate mornings. They're the worst. No, they're not. But anyway. Yes, they are. Miss morning person. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. So, I'm not like gonna put honey all over myself for the kids' sake, but Why? maybe if we put honey all over the kids, they'd get used to the bugs. Yeah, we'd have one that we'd have to put in the therapy for post-traumatic stress Probably. disorder Probably. after. Probably. The first instance. The first. Alright. Is that your story? That was my my short little teeny tiny That's very very interesting. Very informative. Not really informative. It's almost like, well yeah, it was. He lived to a hundred and he slapped honey over his legs. That's cool. That's cool. He he came up with an interesting way to keep the bugs away from himself. You know, I mean, obviously sure not a way is. we, you know, anybody can do now. He was the first do leader now, to do but... that. There were kings that did it afterwards, too. Hmm. That yeah. was the first. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Uh, my, my, in my first story, the guy isn't quite a pharaoh. It's, okay, he's not really important at all. <laughs> <laughs> my um, this, I, I took the story, most of the story I've got in front of me here is from Fox News. But I did, uh, I did read it on, like, seven, seven different websites. So mm-hmm. it was big news, really big news. Um, o- news? O- Oklahoma man arrested. <laughs> Sorry. Oklahoma man arrested in stolen car with snake, uranium, gun, and whiskey. And, and whiskey. What the heck is he doing with uranium? That's one of the questions I asked. But just hold on a second. Um, How do you even get her uranium? uranium? We're, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to just keep it interesting because I'm interested. Well, okay, Stephen Jennings is a man who was uh, charged with possession of a stolen vehicle. Is he related to any famous Jennings? Like Peter? Or Bruce? No, I I have no idea. Just asking. Anyway, Stephen Jennings was charged with possession of a stolen vehicle, transporting a container of liquor, and driving with a suspended license after he was pulled over for having expired tags. Um, The Guthrie Police Public Officer Sergeant Anthony Gibbs told Fox News on Friday that during the stop, officers discovered Jennings was driving without a license, did not have improved insurance for the black Ford Explorer he was stopped in. 
Uh, backup was called and a firearm was reportedly located in the glove compartment. Uh, police also said they found an open bottle of whiskey between the driver and passenger seat. Perfect spot for that. <laughs> I wasn't drinking it at all. They it did know there was nothing missing from the container. So he wasn't actually drinking from it. it so was, it wasn't it was like open, container. it was sealed. Yeah, it was sealed. Okay. Um, Gibbs said the police then ran the name of the passenger in the vehicle, later identified as Rachel Riviera, and found she was a convicted felon. Uh, she was arrested in charge of possession of a firearm after a felony conviction because the gun was within within arm's reach. Um, and after making the arrest, police, police began to process the impounding of the SUV when they noticed a terium in the back seat. Uh, further inspection revealed that Jennings was in pos <laughs> possession of a timber rattlesnake. Um, and that timber rattlesnake was right next to um, powdered uranium. So the snake was uranium. alive. Yes, the snake was alive. And and I'm assuming in a cage. Yes, yes, in a cage. Now, I read this uranium. I read this on so many websites. Where is he from again? But I I kept wondering. Uh, this was Oklahoma. So not New Mexico. Not New Mexico. Or, okay. But I had the same question you had. How in the heck did you get uranium? For thirty nine dollars and ninety five cents, you can go to Amazon. And buy uranium. Like, <laughs> legit uranium. That was my first, another, my first question. This isn't legit. This is some kind of joke. Um, there's been 1,286 1, reviews on this uranium. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Because... Pull it up, pull it up. Um, what I basically, you know, reading a, a, an entry in Amazon, who knows if it's real. The best way to know if it's real, I figured, was to go to the reviews. Mm-hmm. What do you do with uranium? <laughs> Here's Ann Derby, verified purchase. Yes, we really bought this. We built a cloud chamber for a sixth or seventh grade school science fair. I uh, wanted to find some uranium glass, but that was harder to find and expensive. Um, sure enough, we're able to see the tracks in the cloud chamber, which is pretty cool. Uh, we did not bring the ore to school, but we did bring the little tin. Uh, if you're looking for an impressive and cool, but really easy science fair project, go with a cloud chamber. Uh, another verified purchase, uh, just received it, labeled at over 2,000 CPM, and my measurement equipment of microsverts is consistent with this. Very good. P.S. I have a doctorate in nuclear physics. <laughs> this is uranium. <laughs> For sale on Amazon. That. Radioactive materials, like... How is that even legal when you can't even ship through the mail aerosol spray? I have no idea, but it blew my mind. and I did. That shocks me, too, because doesn't the government own the minerals and all that junk? I, I don't know who owns the minerals. I'm technically well, no. We picked I mean, up iron ore off the ground, and we put it in a container, and we're like, we're a company now. I mean, you could. I mean, that's like if you're if you buy a if you buy some property and find out there's oil underneath you, that's you get rich. You it's your oil. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, no, you, it's not. It's the government. No, it's not. They like literally people used to go prospecting and buying land not that long ago, and then they sell it to the company who whoever's the highest bidder that wants it. Isn't there a law if there's minerals and stuff that belongs to the government? I'm sure there's some laws, there but I don't think it 100 percent belongs to the government. I mean, if that was the case, you couldn't buy the any rocks. Has to buy your land if, from you. If that was the case, you literally couldn't buy a rock in in a like souvenir shop on the shore. <laughs> if government owned all the minerals. 
obviously don't care about raw. I know. They obviously don't care that much about uranium. You can buy it on Amazon. <laughs> and it's not like it's some brand new thing that's up there. Like, over a thousand people have purchased it and reviewed it. I'm going to buy crazy. enough to make myself glow green. That would be interesting. I thought it would be. I did, in the product description, it does say that they cannot guarantee um, the purity of the uranium because they didn't test it. Mm. But okay, in the reviews, some people said more. you know they were they tested it and it was good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's I want I want uranium for Christmas. <laughs> I'll get you some uranium. All right. Just I better not end up radioactive. That's all I'm saying. I hope not. Okay, so my next story is not as interesting as uranium, <laughs> but I'm gonna try to make this interesting. <laughs> So, unexplained treetop boulders found in forest. So, treetop boulders? Yep, so I have pictures that I will post. There's boulders. There's literally like big rocks in the top of the tree. I think it was like. So, okay, so back in April of 1997. Um, is when the mystery began. There was a turkey hunter. He was scouting in a remote area, 23,000 acre forest, uh, discovered the large boulders in the top of, or a large boulder in the top of an 80 foot tall chestnut oak tree. So, and this is in. Is this why you joked around on the walk tonight when we looked at a rock on the side of the road and you were like, look, I'll talk about the boulders tonight on the walk? Did you already pull the story? I didn't say anything. You said something about a boulder on the side of the road when we there were walking. There was a boulder in the middle of the forest, and it was ginormous. Yeah. I was just wondering if it had nothing to do with nothing this. Nothing to do with this? Oh, okay. Nothing. I wasn't even thinking of this when we were walking. I was like, ooh, look at the raspberries. Oh, okay. <laughs> raspberries, free raspberries. So anyway, that could almost go two different ways. <laughs> <laughs> it could. It just hit me. Anyway, um, so they ended up. Um, the boulder was eventually dubbed as the Gobbler's Rock after the turkey hunter. And it sits on a high south or south-facing slope overlooking a ravine near Tulip Tree Road, um, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, they're at least 400 pounds. And it wasn't just one that was found. Um, there was probably within 100 yards. He had found two other ones within that time. How? Sorry. I'm really curious. How the heck did they get up there? Did I ask like you when I asked about the uranium? Sure. Just give it time. Okay. So, anyways. <laughs> so, um, the locals, they call this the Unexplained Resting Boulders, or the URBs. And there's an acronym. We're not. We're pretty used to acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, officials can't explain how the boulders got wedged into the branches in the first place. The huge rocks couldn't grow upward with the trees because of the saplings not being, they wouldn't be able to hold the weight. So when they were found, they couldn't figure out how, out how they got in there because there was no sign of heavy equipment that came into the area. Um, there was just, it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So um, the sandstone boulders... They're part of the natural yellow wood setting, so this is in the state forest. Okay. So that's the other thing, too. So there's not a bunch like, of construction around or nothing like that. No. I mean, you're in a state forest, it's protected land. Mm-hmm. 
and they are scattered around the forest floor, so the rocks could have originated near the trees. Um, but the officials, they can't find proof that this was caused by natural event or that somebody played a joke. Um, there are theories okay. around the fraternity, from fraternity pranks, tornadoes, to high winds, or floods, oh, the to strange phenomenon is now focused on several UFO websites, <laughs> like abducted.com. So you can go check it out on there. They have pictures of that on there. Um, there was an employee of the Yellowwood. He just said that his theory was it was tornadoes because um, tornadoes can pick up pretty mass. They can pick up a, house, mass, um, they can pick up a car, I mean, and it, that's like at least a ton. If yeah. these are 500 pounds, that's a half a ton. A tornado is probably the most logical explanation. And that's what he said. It's the most logical exp- explanation just because... When you're looking at the trees, there's no markings on the trees, no scratches, mm-hmm. no indication that it, it went from below the trees. So if you were to even take like a pulley system or something, mm-hmm. there's no indication that a, a huge rock like scraped it on the way up. Um, so he's assuming because there's like five boulders that they ended up discovering, the assumption was it must have been a tornado because they're in pretty close range yeah. to each other too. That makes sense. So it could have been in the path of that. Um, and they all sit on the crown of the tree. So, And that would make sense because yeah. if they're on the crown of the tree, they're not going to weeble wobble. Yeah, it's where they're going to be most, most stable sitting there. So, hmm, That's interesting. That would be cool to see. And it's in the Yellowstone State Forest in Indiana. Indiana. Bloomington, I believe it was. It's one of the first things I've ever heard that I wanted to see in India. <laughs> <laughs> We do have friends that live in Indiana, oh, yeah. Yeah. so, or they're from Indiana. Anyway, but yeah, hmm. that's my my second story of the night. That's so. cool. Definitely, if you're listening to this, come uh, go to the Facebook page and check out the pictures. They're really cool. And if I'm a day or two late on getting them up there, please forgive me. But hey, at least it gives you a reminder. It'll, it'll get up there sometime in the week. week. It'll get up there sometime in the week, I'm sure. It will. So, that's, <laughs> that's my second story. Cool. My second story is really short. Oh. And I was a little worried because it's from Florida. <laughs> I love Florida stories. I don't have a Florida story, so we're safe. Thank goodness, thank goodness. Because it was a Florida story, and it's right that's, up your alley. That's the one that you were worried it's about? It's right up your alley. Right up my alley? Is yeah. there a unicorn? No. It's even better. Oh, <laughs> Anyway. Why? Uh, here. West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, officials in West Palm Beach are uh, hoping a continuous loop of baby shark played throughout the night will keep uh, homeless people from sleeping in the city park. <laughs> why would that be right up my alley? Because you'd think it was funny, I figured. Call out to Cindy. <laughs> so not happy right now. Uh, West Palm Beach Parks, Parks and Recreation Director Leah Rockwell tells the Palm Beach Post that they're trying to discourage people from camping out Along the Glass Walk Lake Pavilion, uh, she says the pavilion rakes in about $240,000 annually from events, and the loop of baby shark and raining tacos uh, is a temporary oh, fix. It's <laughs> raining tacos from out of yeah. the sky. Tacos. And so that's how they're fi- trying to fix the homeless problem in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. They are going to blare baby get- shark and oh. raining tacos. So it, they might get rid of the homeless people, but they're going to attract a bunch of kids. <laughs> or you're going to have a bunch of homeless people singing these songs because they get stuck in your head so easily. 
It's raining yeah, tacos. <laughs> Why? Because our kids sing it. I think we use that word too. Me I know. Me, I don't, I don't have to feel baby shark. And then we changed it to baby shark after she had her baby. And uh, oh, by the way, there was they did interview one homeless person um, who said that it's wrong to chase people away with music, but he's gonna still sleep there. <laughs> he likes the songs. Yeah, for the first week or two. And then you're going to feel like you're going insane. Yes. So, I mean, there are many way, many ways to figure out how we can, you know, maybe help the homeless or, but cleaning them up with, <laughs> cleaning up the homeless with some uh, children's songs, I thought was a it, an interesting idea. It I is guess. interesting. Why not just build a shelter and let them live there and then they don't look homeless? Because it's easier to just play It's Raining Tacos and Baby Shark. Baby shark doo doo. <laughs> That's enough. We're moving on to the next story now. Copyrighted? I'm sure. Trouble. Yeah, we're not playing it. Oh. Okay, well, the next thing I was going to talk about, I had the page pulled up so I could read something. But now I need to pull it up so I can. I'm going to start off with a Facebook page that I was assuming you might be coming with. I thought maybe even last week, you thought about it, but then you didn't. And I think it's because it has to do with my number one fear. You don't know what my number one fear is? Not off the top of my head, no. What? Okay, so we will meet up at Area 51, (laughs) Alien Center Tourist Attraction, and coordinate our Uh, I've been reading about this for the last two weeks. Well, this is what I thought you were going to bring last week. And you decided not to because nope. for some reason I had some sway and whatever. But um, they want to prove, they were like, let's see them aliens. Mm-hmm. So on this Facebook page, this whole thing started and I kind of got wind of it because it's kind of hard not to catch wind of this because it was like huge. No, this thing was everywhere. I mean, I mean, it's kind of died down a little bit. Bud but... Light was tweeting, a, got into a tweet argument between, with Blue Moon Beer. Over this, <laughs> oh. because Bud Light posted, we just want to we just want to say, uh, for instance, we are not sponsoring the Area Fifty One raid. And then Blue Moon posted, "Too bad people need water when they're raiding places because Bud Light oh tastes like water." <laughs> oh my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> so it's between um, Sunk Piss and I don't know what yeah, you call an ale. I don't know. I wouldn't drink an ale. I am a sunk piss girl. I just thought it was funny. It was very interesting, though. People plot, people planning a big raid. Yes. So what would happen if thousands of people really did storm Area 1? I don't, I don't know if this is something that come into play or a thought. I definitely have an opinion about that. What's your thought? You know the U.S. military? You know what they're really, really good at? Killing civilians. We do it in other <laughs> countries all over the world. They would not have a problem just Especially if it's something that... I mean, there's literally... There's signs up everywhere there like saying, you will be shot if you go past this point. They're just going to shoot. Yeah, I don't yeah. care how many people you have. You're not going to make it. Yes. So I have from the um, aviationist.com, they interviewed Donna and Will... Ryan. Okay. So they operate adventure photo tours in Las Vegas, Nevada. The couple runs regular tours 
in the legal areas of interesting surroundings mm -hmm. the area um so donna she had stated you know if people were to actually storm this um that would be very very stupid is what she said area 51 is not a joke no. no matter what is going on there people need to remember this is a military facility you wouldn't get far no and then she also she had a few other things too but my first thought was military but mm -hmm. then it's like how much military is there and if you have this many people but then once you kind of put it in a perspective a little bit more like it's not just military um, but she's saying that in more than the 20 years that um, they've had this company, they've legally guiding tourists around the outer perimeters of Area 51, and they have been, and they have permits for mm -hmm. this. Um, they have been buzzed by aircraft and had targeting lasers appear on person's head of, of, out of the, from out of the desert. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't surprise um, me. People have crossed over the boundaries and there were um what they call camel dudes mm -hmm. that come out and they're almost immediately yep. like right there and this is a huge area it's, it's not it's a very massively huge area little area but she said the first real obstacle that everyone trying to enter um the restricted area surrounding um would be the distance oh yeah so, and then the second thing is... I mean, it's located in a dry lake bed with mountains surrounding it, like... And that second <laughs> obstacle is the, the terrain. So, I mean, you got desert, you got rocks. Yep. I mean, the heat comes into yep. play, too. Even at, I mean, it goes from high heat temperatures to, in the nighttime, very low temperatures. Yep. It is cold. Um. So then, if you don't have enough... Of that and she goes and then there's also the issue with fitness most people untrained in desert travel would have difficulty traveling even a single mile on foot during the day in the open desert let alone 26 miles from mm -hmm. highway 69 near goldfield and she kind of kind she goes into that mm -hmm. but then she goes and then there's the issue of logistics um and this is where it breaks down into um, the areas around it, small little towns going towards that area, they carry maybe a hundred bottles of water in their gas stations because they're very small towns. Yeah. They're not. They're not even considered a city. Mm -hmm. Maybe like I don't know the town of Iron or something, mm -hmm. but they have the gas stations because people live there. But yeah. the people that live there probably work at Area Fifty One, and all the surrounding cities are highly monitored with surveillance oh, I'm cameras. Sure. I'm sure. I mean, we're talking so, about a secret, not secret, government base where I don't, I have no idea what they're doing in there, but I know they have developed things like, you know, the stealth fighter jet that is used in the military now. So they are developing futuristic weapons in there, for sure. I don't know how they're getting them. I'm just, I'm not saying it's aliens. I'm not saying aliens. But what they are doing in there, they are extremely highly protective of, and you're never getting like not no. no not a group of people who got together on facebook <laughs> but she did say so if you plan to be one of the several hundred thousand people storming area 51 be sure to bring your own snacks and a cooler and plenty of ice <laughs> plenty of ice yep yeah i started reading about that as soon as it's done and then you know i, I read a lot about it and then i read a lot of, read a lot of people posting about how maybe we should storm some other centers in that Area of the country instead of the area 51. 
I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, you really want to know if there's aliens that bad? And how long ago did this happen with the, um, I can't even think of the town, Roswell. Roswell. How long ago did that happen? In the 50s. In the 50s. And we're how many years later? Yeah. I mean, how long do aliens years live later, for? Almost. Yeah. I else? mean, they might be dead. As far very, as we know, they died. And there's also theories it wasn't even aliens. Mm-hmm. They say it was the Russians, and they tormented children and threw children in there after they've been deformed. There are a million there stories. Are so many different things. And you there. know what? Rushing it, even if you got in, you're never going to find out what's in. Even if you got like, right up to the bi- right up to the building, alarm. you're not getting in. So you you know? And if you do get in, do you think you're getting are. out? <laughs> <laughs> No. I mean, maybe you make it all the way in and spend your last rest of your life in a cage at Area 51. I don't know. <laughs> Just one of those things that people, I guess, need to know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've always been intrigued with it. When I was in high school, I was super, you know, intrigued with Area 51. Um, now it's just more of a, you know, I'm curious. I'd like to know what's going on in there, but I probably never will. Just like I'll never know what's going on, you know, most military installations. And I could probably care less, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know you. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Well, as a teenager, I was, and a young child, I was very interested. And then it was probably about 15, 16, where I was just like, "Mm, no. Now I'm freaked out. I'm so freaked out. I don't even. Nope. mm -mm, Yeah. No. All right. Well. Now I might have nightmares tonight, just so you know. So if I wake up screaming, you know why. Okay. My uh, my last story is kind of a downer. Great. You couldn't have started that off with the downer or threw it in the middle, so up, down, I thought up. about it, and I wasn't sure what to do, but the reason it's a downer, I, there's a reason that it's, there's a reason it's a downer. It's a downer because I originally had three stories that were all kind of horrific downers. In honor of it being a 13th episode, but I was going to do kind of horrific things. is a lucky number. I get that. Some people think it is. Some people think it isn't. We're the only but this had abs- that thinks it's not. This has absolutely nothing to do with 13. Um, but I thought it was really interesting when I read about it. Um, this is about uh, Britain's pet holocaust. What? Man-made tragedies tend to bore out of, depra- of desperation, so it should be no surprise that war often causes people to do terrible and unspeakable things. In 1939, World War II was just getting started, and the British government... Uh, convinced that they risked starvation, forced their citizens to turn their pets in so they could be executed. So they could eat them? No, so they wouldn't be eating food that was needed to eat by the population. Aww. If he, you would have died. There were... 750,000 pets were destroyed within, of course, one week. Um, some people sent them off to join the war. They did send some dogs and stuff into the military for whatever they're doing in the military. Um, every single animal in the London Zoo was executed. That's so sad. It's really sad. Um, it's the incident has become known as the British Pet Holocaust uh, because of the extremely high number of animals that were killed um, and the panic that it caused. Uh, many. Um, Many people reported regretted having having anything to do with it. Um, it's very. Some people even describe it as feeling as if you were a Nazi, and a, you know, 
leading a concentration camp. Even though you, these aren't humans that, you know, they did in the concentration camps. This was a, a pet holocaust, you know, take the, they took everybody's dogs, everybody's cats. And... These people could not be farmers. Probably not. But I have a feeling they didn't eat the animals, so to me that's where the difference is. Yeah. In, uh, in 2004, they did erect an Animals in War Memorial in Hyde Park in London um, to, uh, to commemorate the, the creatures that died in World War II. And throughout, uh, as much of the British government and many citizens seemed to think that it was necessary at the time to put down so many innocent animals, that doesn't make this story any less tragic. Hopefully nothing like this will ever happen or need to happen again. That's kind of sad. That is sad. It was definitely a downer of a story. But it was, I thought it was interesting. It's something you don't hear about, you know, what, what happens to things like pets during a time of war. Well, Does that always happen? Though? No, this is this is very very rare. It, it was a choice by the British government that they thought it was the best decision for them as a as a nation was to was to get rid of pets, hmm. which is very very sad. Well, the plus to it, it wasn't people, but the con to it, it was not a necessity. No, as I think food for survival. No, I think yeah, that's. Uh, but like I, cows, we we have cows, we slaughter we cows, slaughter cows. Yep. but we eat the cows, yeah. so it's like the circle of life type mm-hmm. thing. That was just killing this was animals killing animals for survival, for survival and basically. you're yeah. not even eating no. them. No. That's almost sad. It is very sad. It's like, I like fishing, but I don't like fish, so I haven't fished since I was living with my parents, yeah. because what's the point of fishing if I'm not going to eat the fish? I always kind of thought that too. Even though I've never minded the taste of fish, I hate Ugh. fishing. I hate fishing. It's the boringest thing in the world. And I used to have to do it I all love the time. Fishing. It's like the sport of it. Like you get something on the end of your hook. Yeah, it's a little boring waiting for that. But you get something on the end of your hook and it's that bite. Like, yeah. I hope I that part it was on. fun, but it's not worth the as a kid, we used to go out. It was like eight to ten hours in the boat. You weren't allowed yeah, to move. You weren't allowed to say anything. You weren't allowed to... No, we got oh, to talk God. and stuff like that. And we didn't go very often. We so didn't we have went. a boat. So it was when my grandpa oh, would take us or something. Or if we went on a dock somewhere. But we didn't go a whole my lot. grandparents had a boat. And they would take me and my mom every weekend when I was a little kid. And it was so boring. No. Maybe I'd think differently if I didn't have that, that upbringing of, of fishing. Possibly. 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 Anyway, I think that is a week. I, I think that is week two. All right, I think that's a week. I think it's actually week 13. It is week number 13. Um, if, uh, if you've got any opinions and anything you'd like to hear, if you have a comment you'd like to make, uh, send us an email. Uh, outland- any interesting stories yeah, or of course. history facts that you know of? Um, outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Uh, also check us out on Facebook. Outlandish Outcast Podcast. And uh, we will we got some pictures to post this week of the the tree boulder. Okay. Yep. Definitely go on Facebook if you have Facebook and share, share, share and because help get us the word this out week, that we're here. We're there should also be show notes on this post. There's gonna be show notes? Yeah, I worked out a template this week. <gasps> I will have show notes. They're fairly simple. All they do is 
couple little smart, funny sentences, and then some links to some interesting stories. Fun times. Fun times. But in the meantime, you're actually gonna get the work on. Yeah, I guess. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. You're now an adult. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> Bye.